Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of So Important. Longtime listeners will remember that almost two years ago now, we had a guest by the name of Edwin Heyman, and he and I discussed film noir, the B-movies. We had a lot of fun doing it, and at the end of that episode, I said, I can't wait to bring film noir back to the show again. Well, it took almost two years, but here we are. We are going to discuss film noir and the aesthetics that make it special. From the online Oxford Dictionary, we have a definition of film noir, a style or genre of film marked by a mood of pessimism, fatalism, and menace. And today, what we're going to talk about are the aesthetics of film noir. What makes film noir so special and so unique as a genre or style or mood of movie? My guest today is Mr. Esmond Coram. He writes a blog called Film Noir, Lost in the Dark, and he deals with exactly these issues. He focuses in his blog on the cinematography of film noir, and that's the main subject of our conversation. But we also talked about the music, characters, overall mood, and all the things that make film noir so special. But special doesn't really begin to tell the story. It is the case that for all the seediness, all the fatalism inherent in these movies, they are often exceptionally beautiful. At the heart of that is the cinematography and the great cinematographers and directors who made that happen. I am so happy to have Esmond with me. And Esmond, welcome to the show. Hi, Monte. Thank you very much for your invitation. I'm very happy to be there with you today. Well, I am really glad to have you with me today. Film noir is a favorite topic of mine. And as I said in the introduction, I'm always amazed at some of the tricks and things that the uh, cinematographers or directors of cinematography, as they're called sometimes, do in this genre. And so I thought it would be really fun if we could talk about that. And I'm wondering if you could just tell folks a little bit about your background, what drew you to this topic, and what it is that makes it so fascinating for you. So I'm 24 right now. So uh, I w went into film noir a few years ago, like maybe five years ago. Uh, and I only knew about Hitchcock and some minor mm, classic movies. And I was uh, at the local store, like uh, it was like five years ago. And I, I went looking through the DVDs they had and Blu-rays because I was looking for some, let's say, similar movies from the 50s, mid-50s era. And uh, I found one like with a very ugly cover and the design was not so perfect and it was only for sale for like uh, one euro which is even less than one dollar and this movie was doa by rudolf mate so i think you know this this film noir which is quite i sure do yeah, yeah. quite popular and uh, i really didn't know anything about film noir at this time and about this movie i just looked at the synopsis that was like it was like five five sentences and that's all like uh, saying that a man that was poisoned then was going for his life and just trying to find who wanted to murder him and i was like okay okay let's buy it it's it was like super cheap and then i came back home i watched it and i was like amazed by i don't know how to say it but it was at the same time the aesthetics of this of the movie uh how it was filmed the story as well because it was quite surprising for me and uh, that's how I went into film noir, I guess. that's It was the very first film noir I ever watched. And from this day, I didn't, I never stopped uh, looking for film noir and watching film noir. And it's very interesting. It's a, it's a long journey, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's very, very enjoyable to, to discover so, such movies and to then you get a kind of expertise, if I may say so, 
but it was really like this movie that got me into film noir. In your comments, you mentioned the aesthetics of it, and you mentioned yeah. the uh, filming of it, that it was a little different. And it's basically not your typical gangster genre. There's more to this because you have you have characters that you can relate to, you have certain tropes that you see, and there's something about the way that the movies are made that have a certain appeal that the typical gangster movie, for example, may not have. I know that you have a uh, blog where you focus on the cinematography. In fact, it's even called Film Noir Lost in the Dark. Can you elaborate on that aspect of Film Noir just a little bit? This is what got me into Film Noir. Like, I know that D.O. is maybe not the most, let's say, brightest example of such cinematography, but still, it got me shocked and surprised. And that's why I got into Film Noir. And to me, uh, it's really the aesthetics and how it's filmed that defines Film Noir. To me, more than a gender or a style, it's it's a mood. It's an atmosphere. It's the mix of these images and also the sounds used in film noir because you have some recurrent sounds or recurrent instruments and recurrent musical scores used in this kind of film that are not sometimes the same as other uh, films and other styles uh, from this time. So, of course, I think that film noir is like very unique. And to me, it's really defined by... Uh, the the image of it. Uh, I had like a nice a nice quote quote from it was from uh, an interview from John Alton, the, the cinematographer. He started uh, some movies in uh, Argentina and in South America in the thirties, and uh, he got uh, a director who told him that, that basically uh, what makes a movie is not the motion and music and stuff. It's really the picture. It's an image that could carry a whole movie. So I think maybe it's that influenced uh, John Alton in his styling and his his, uh, filming style. But I think that he was aware of the importance of the picture and uh, more than even motion and music and uh, every other thing. Really, photography is like a central element of film noir. And that's why uh, I'm so into it. Like to me, it's very, it's beautiful to me. And uh, I think sometimes pictures can say more than other stuff such as uh, such as words or such as uh, the music the sounds and the motion in these films you said a few things that were really fascinating there and one of the things you said was that it's really a mood or an atmosphere then you related that to the uh, image that some of these guys were able to create. And there's so many wonderful examples of that. And I'm so glad you raised John Alton because he's my personal hero in this in this particular area. To me, is he's also the, the film noir master, if I could say so. And uh, most iconic film noir have had him as a, as a cinematographer or director of photography. So it, I think it means a lot. We can mention T-Man, Rodil, but uh, you have also some very less popular film noir. But even in this category, we also worked on very, let's say, not so popular or forgotten film noir that I really like. For example, my personal favorite, if I could mention it, is is, uh, The Pretender. Uh, It was released in 1947, and it was actually directed by the brother of Billy Wilder. And uh, it's was uh, it had John Alton for as a director of cinematography and to me it's a very it's a, it's a piece of art well the great news there is that i have not seen that one yeah definitely you you really should watch it because i think it's not so recognized by film noir lovers and but really it's very nice film noir it's a it's a cheap one of course and it's not so so popular and not so so known by by people but 
I think to me it's a it's noir gem for real. You know, as I mentioned uh, two years ago, we did an entire episode on these uh, B movies and what makes them so fascinating. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is go back to the A movie genre, I guess, because you mentioned Double Indemnity, and Double Indemnity really set the standard for how these movies are filmed. There's so many things that became tropes that you see in that movie. I'm wondering if you can talk about some of the things that make film noir cinematography what it is. It's really using broad range of different stuff, such as visual uh, material, but also, as I said before, sounds and uh, plots, which these three are creating what can film noir be. To me, you have some categories of, for example, uh, visual style that can be used, like, for example, uh, Chiaroscuro which is used uh, a lot in film noir uh, to, to contrast light and darkness and to create a mood, uh, as John Alton said uh, in his book, for example, Painting with Light, which is a great book. Everyone, I think, should read that at least once, even though you're not doing movies or <laughs> filming, but it's really telling a lot about film noir. I'm holding it in my hand as we speak. Oh, so I perfect, perfect. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you happen to remember who the f- cinematographer was for Double Indemnity? Yeah, it was uh, Zeitz, John Zeitz. He was like a um, director of photography, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't think he he worked on a lot of other film noir. So here you have these guys basically creating a genre that didn't exist before, uh, or a style or a mood, however you want to describe it. And they were making it up as they went along. There was a, a stranger on the third floor. There was M. There were a couple others that came from the German expressionist school that led to this. But they were basically taking those elements and creating this this whole new way of of filming these movies. And you see a lot of the things that became standard in film noir in these early films. You see that most of it takes place at night. You see the femme fatale. Uh, you see, you know, the, the scenes that are right by the window where, you know, the light is coming in and you get the close ups on their faces and you can see the tension. You know, you see the good guy who's just, you know, you know, he falls for the dame and he ends up doing things that get him in big trouble. How, how did the cinematographers and the directors work together? to create those kind of mood pieces and to establish what we now know as the tropes of, of uh, film noir? Well, uh, I, I really like this question because, like, as I was saying that, of course, that they were inspired by German expressionism and other styles. And that's what, exactly what I was saying. Like, if it was only about image and uh, this kind of of technical um, methods, then it would it wouldn't be film noir. That's that's why I, I talked about the mix between uh, visual tech techniques and also the sound and the plots that that were using that created film noir. And uh, as you said, as you just said, concerning how they they were working, for example, I could mention again John Alton uh, and his work with Anthony Mann, the, the great director, directed a lot of great to me film noir. And uh, the thing is that it's really nice story because John Alton, when he was doing some uh, um, photography or cinematography for a movie, he used to prepare each scene at home before going uh, to the studio to, to film the, the movie. So, And uh, the day he met Anthony Mann and they did their first movie together, well, he, he really said that that's someone I can talk to and uh, that can understand me that he wasn't just like, okay, you go here and just film this like this. They had like a, a mutual comprehension of what was film noir, of what were the movie they were working 
on for about. They had like a mutual comprehension of this. And I think that's what created their, let's say, symbiotic relationship because we, we know that they worked a lot together. Uh, I could mention T-Man, uh, Road Deal. I could mention Border Incident as well. And uh, I think it's one of the, let's say, most iconic duo of film noir if you look at the director and uh, perspective. And I, I agree with what you're saying. And Raw Deal is one that everybody should see as well as Border Incident. But what I want to do now, I want to jump ahead a little bit to about, I think, 1955 to a movie called The Big Combo. It's all there. And the combination of the direction and the cinematography, to me, that's where it all comes together in such a powerful way, culminating in that final scene at the airplane hangar with that great last shot of the lead and the uh the woman walking out to me that is that is that captures captures it all the big combo was also one of the the, the movie i got uh, into just when i w- were looking for film noir as i discovered the this category of film and really i i agreed when you say that it's it gathers like every element of film noir let's say if i if i may say so uh and if you want to talk about film noir and a film noir then the big combo is, of course, a great one. Also, I would like to mention uh, the music, which was composed by David Rexin for this movie, and it's really great as well. It's it gives the movie a whole a whole mood as well. Also, the movie the the music from David Rexin is also like plays a big role in this very big movie to me. And also, when you look at all the the actors that are in this movie. Uh, when you look at Colonel Wilde and Richard Conte and uh, Jen Wallace and Brandon Levy, you know that it's it's a classic. It's a classic film noir, of course. It really is. And the way it's filmed uh, is what brings it home. And I, I love the fact that you mentioned the music a couple of times. And I, I agree with you that the music is so important. And another factor that, to me, makes these movies so special is that in the best of them, whether it's A, B, C, D, E, it doesn't matter, the characters hit home you know i mean you you can relate to these guys if you take a movie like detour you feel for vera in detour you feel for all of these people and to me it, that's what sets it apart from so many of the other uh typical more gangster oriented movies that you have this character development and you know they're you know it's not going to come out well for them mentioning detour is also a, a very very interesting thing because detour is really the 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 most iconic uh poverty row film noir if i may say so because it's it was like, I think it was filmed in less than two weeks or something like this. And it was like uh, really intense. And the movie itself is really intense. And uh, I think it's a, it's great mentioning this one. And also when I think about Detour, uh, and when I think about this kind of forgotten for a long time, but now it's, it's not so forgotten. But I like to say that a good film noir is a, is a movie that stinks because really it stinks. Like you can see people uh, sweating you can see the the back streets uh, with fogs and at night and uh, some dirty stuff happening and to me that's really the mood and the atmosphere of film noir a good film noir is a film that stinks it stinks uh, despair it stinks everything you have the atmosphere and right. the mood that is really got you well let me uh, give you one other uh one other scene that i think is iconic the movie captures exactly what you're saying there's nobody good there's never, never anybody good in these movies, except for maybe one woman who's trying to, you know, represent that other side of the femme fatale. But out of the past, it starts out a very sunny day mm-hmm. at a gas station and everything's peaches and cream. 
And by the end of the movie, until the very last scene, but in, at the very at the end of the movie, it's just dark and sordid and malicious, and you never you never know what's going to happen. But the transition from the bright daylight at the beginning of that movie to the deep darkness at the end of that movie is so gradual and so compelling and nonstop that you can't help but just almost get a headache when you watch it and say, oh my gosh, this is just not going to work out well. I, I agree with you because uh, I think when you talk about the beginning of the movie, which is a broad daylight, and then it became darker and darker, I think it's it has a kind of progression, a parallel progression with the plot, which as soon as you have the, the first flashbacks, Uh, in the the movie, the the more you get into the flashbacks and the darker it gets, I, I think that's how it how it felt to me. I have to say, if I you know, there's always these things on Facebook: rate these femme fatales or rate these villains. Yeah. I would say Jane Greer is right up there, maybe number one. And <laughs> but I have to say, getting to the point we're talking about the cinematography, when she makes her entrance in Mexico at that little uh, cafe, yeah, and she's standing in the she's walking through the doorway. That is such a stunning image. Exactly. And I like you mentioning this one because when people talk about femme fatale and this kind of iconic scene, like uh, presenting, introducing these characters, people always mention Double Indemnity and Barbara Stanwyck. But you have like plenty of others. And this one, of course, is a great one. So I'm really happy that you mentioned this one because otherwise everyone always mentioned Double Indemnity and Barbara Stanwyck right. in her house when Mary coming. So yeah, that's that's great oh. mention. Well, they should go see the uh, blonde ice lady. I mean, I don't think how many how many people did she kill in forty five minutes? Wow, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I don't I don't want to spoil people, but uh, I can say that it's right. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Are there any one or two other iconic scenes? I've mentioned a few. You've mentioned a few. Are there any? Are there maybe one or two others that you think really capture what we're talking about? Well, I have one, and it's again about uh, the pretender that I mentioned just before that was uh, directed by Lee Bill Wilder with John Alton at the cinematography. There is a scene in this one which is really great. Like It's a, it's a movie, basically, if I can just tell you, not, without um, spilling the tea about the, the end of the movie, but it's a movie where a married man is uh, marrying a, a, a woman just to get uh, her money, and then he tried to get someone killed but the thing is that he became the target of the killers because of an error of a random error uh and so you can see that the use of uh, fatality and stuff in film noir and also the the irony of film noir sometimes and the cynicism of film noir and there is a scene where he's looking at the window like in the, here his house he sees someone and you can feel the paranoia and you can also hear it because there is a use of the theremin which is a a special instrument that create that was also used in the road deal. And I think uh, the pretender was one of the first movie, actually one of the first film noir as well, uh, using this instrument, which is a, let's say a kind of creepy instrument that makes some creepy sounds, but you can really feel the paranoia uh, in his eyes. And you have some very big closet from John Alton and some very nice scenes uh, filmed by John Alton that are, that are worth watching. So that's why it's really my favorite film noir. And you have some iconic scene as well in this one. Talking about these B movies, they didn't have a lot of money. So they had to be really creative and innovative exactly. in how they, they told their story. I come back to John Alton because John Alton, he was using like some, the lamps and the material he was using, they were not so expensive, let's say. But the thing is that he was very, Uh, elaborating uh, the scenes and stuff. As I said before, he, he said that he was like preparing each scene 
before at at his home at his own home uh, to prepare the scene so when he go to the studio and with the director let's say uh, let's go let's shoot this movie then he would be ready so even though it looks cheap or because it looks it it used some very simple lamp and stuff it's in the methodology and the setup it's very elaborated though so that's why it's it's great that you mentioned this. Well, this was really fun. And I think people have a lot of good leads if they want to explore this. And I think uh, you did such a great job in talking about some of these things. I just want to say thank you so much for joining me. Well, I should thank you for your invitation because I, I really appreciate it. And I love talking about film noir. And I don't have uh, so many occasions to talk about film noir except online on some Facebook groups and uh, some posts. But otherwise, I I don't really have the chance to talk about film noir a lot, so thank you for your invitation. I feel the same way, and there's only so many times you can debate whether or not Casablanca is a film noir. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Monty. Thank you very much for your invitation. It was really a pleasure. Thank you.